Welcome to the special Roseanne Got Cancelled edition of This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 471 for the first half of June 2018. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with a forecast and regularly include other special features. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from the virtual location of thisweekinastrology.com and the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. To get to a specific part of the show, including the forecast for a particular date, check out the index at the very end of this MP3. You can also see this index in writing at thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com. Um, we're going to start, as always, with the forecast for the first half of June, and it's a pretty deep forecast. Um, then we're going to have a middle section with some follow-up uh, report from a client I did on the show a couple of years ago. Not a client, but someone who did a part one chart. They're giving a, a post-mortem of what I said about their chart at that time. And of course, there will also be some announcements in there. And then we get to the meat of the show. Um, three days ago as I record this, um, Roseanne Barr put out an extraordinarily racist tweet, uh, a couple of cast members resigned, well, one cast member and one member of the production staff, and then ABC the very same day canceled her show, which was like their number one show, saying they just couldn't tolerate the kind of comments she was making. So that's really big news, um, and I thought it was worthy of a celebrity chart. So I pulled up her chart, and uh, we're going to look deeply at her natal chart to see how it supports her career choices as an entertainer and producer and comedian and all the other things she does. Uh, then we're going to look at two events. Uh, we're going to look at the premiere of the original Roseanne show, and we're going to look at the day that she tweeted and got fired. So uh, in each of these charts, we're going to look at three movement systems, transits, secondary progressions, and solar arcs. It's going to be pretty technical, and possibly you're going to learn a lot about astrology if you don't already know deeply about these systems. So I promise I'll explain it all as we go, and hopefully you'll be able to keep up. Anyhow, a juicy show, an exciting show. I had a lot of fun putting this one together, and I hope you enjoy it. I'll also mention, uh, as we do with every show that begins the month, we're going to have a free session winner as well. So listen for that name somewhere in the show. And I think that's it for the preamble. Now let's get on to the formal introduction to the period. Relationships are a major theme in the first half of June as Venus aspects five slower planets and Pluto squares Juno. We also have a new moon in Gemini, four new aspect patterns, and much more. What's old as we come into June? We have a waning moon, three retrograde planets, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto, and seven continuing aspect patterns. Now let's have a look at our individual days of the forecast. On Friday, June 1st, heart-directed assertiveness is supported by an easy flow of good fortune and divine inspiration, thanks to a grand trine with Pallas, Jupiter, and Neptune. This harmonious aspect pattern starts today on June 1st, peaks on the 16th, and ends on the 30th. This aspect pattern gives a specific focus to the year-long Jupiter-Neptune trine that was exact on May 25th. You can also use this grand trine too. Implement a compassionate strategy to transform your spirituality or inspired creativity, or 
Use the divine flow to bring healing to your family wounds with a specific healing strategy. Also, on Friday, June 1st, three aspect patterns peak. Jupiter and Neptune are also involved in two aspect patterns peaking today, a Venus-Jupiter-Neptune Grand Trine and a Venus-Jupiter-Neptune-Pluto Kite. They both end on June 9th. Now, I did cover both these on the prior podcast, but that was a while back, so I'm going to give you those interpretations again just to refresh your memory. Starting with the Grand Trine with Venus, Jupiter, and Neptune. As I said in my May 24th forecast, there are a lot of difficult aspect patterns going on right now, challenging us to take our healing to a deeper level. But an aspect pattern begins today that shines out like a shaft of gold when all around is dark, a Venus-Jupiter-Neptune Grand Trine. It started on May 24th. Any Grand Trine embodies harmony and balance. This one includes Jupiter and Venus, both of ancient astrology's benefics, or bringers of good fortune. And all the planets are in water signs. So at its most basic level, this Grand Trine offers emotional sanctuary, a place where your wounded heart can find peace and relief. If you already have a reliable way to achieve this emotional respite, this Grand Trine will give it extra support. Alternatively, you can invoke maximum emotional harmony and balance that serves highest good please using my free invocation system. Or, using a shamanic astrology technique, you can direct the same invocation to the consciousness of the aspect pattern and its planets. By the way, I now have a simpler way to get to my invocations. Um, on the menu bar, the last word is resources. Click that. First word down is invocations for healing and awakening. Click that. It'll take you right there. This Grand Trine also offers many additional life-affirming opportunities based on its planetary meanings. Here are a few possibilities. More joy and empathic connection in your relationships. A more expansive relationship with your divine self an easy flow of financial abundance, amplified creative inspiration, opening to deeper unconditional love by smoothly processing your shadow material, sharing higher wisdom by channeling spiritual beings, deeper heart connection facilitated by sacred sex. Obviously, that Venus-Jupiter-Neptune Grand Trine is already bursting with wonderful opportunities, but some of its possibilities are newly emphasized by Pluto at its kite point. Uh, the Venus-Jupiter-Neptune-Pluto kite started on May 28th. From one perspective, the addition of Pluto doesn't add any archetypal meaning that's new. Pluto and Scorpio are already astrological synonyms. And I already considered Jupiter's placement in Scorpio when I wrote my Grand Trine interpretations. Viewed another way, Pluto's presence makes a significant difference. A Grand Trine is a balanced pattern that doesn't focus on any particular planet. But a kite point acts like an arrowhead, inviting the other planets to express their energy through it. This gives increased importance to the last three Grand Trine interpretations, since they incorporate Scorpio and now Pluto, opening to deeper unconditional love by smoothly processing your shadow material, sharing higher wisdom by channeling spiritual beings, and deeper heart connection facilitated by sacred sex. Energy can also flow back from the kite point to the three corners of the Grand Trine, especially from a powerful outer planet like Pluto. At the most basic level, this simply boosts the Grand Trine's other meanings to a whole new level of wonderfulness. Uh, that's all the review. Uh, also on Friday, June 1st, the final aspect pattern picking today is a T-square featuring Cancerian Pallas, Saturn, and Chiron. Cancerian is the adjectival form of the sign Cancer. 
This supports a strategic, disciplined approach to healing old emotional wounds. It started on May 18, peaks today on June 1st, and ends on June 11th. And my simple free healing invocation may be helpful in doing your shadow work. Again, resources, invocations for healing and awakening, and it'll get you right there. That was also reviewed, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> These two are new, though. We got a couple more events here on June 1st. Uh, thinking and speaking are smoothly energized by a Mercury-Mars trine. That's Mercury, 6 Gemini, Mars, 6 Aquarius. And also on Friday, June 1st, astrology's two ancient benefics create a harmonious blend as Venus trines Jupiter. Venus, 16 Cancer, Jupiter, 16 Scorpio. This provides smooth support for relationships, creativity, and finances. Family relationships receive special support. This trine is part of the Grand Trine and the Kite that peaked today. On Saturday, June 2nd, creative inspiration and easy connection with your higher self are smoothly supported by a Venus-Neptune trine. Venus, 16 Cancer, Neptune, 16 Pisces. This aspect is also part of the Grand Trine and Kite that peaked yesterday. On Sunday, June 3rd, abundance and shadow work may seem like an odd combination, but astrology actually has two planets that embody both meanings, and they form an aspect today, a Pluto series quincunx. Pluto, 21 Capricorn, series 21 Leo. Whether you want to accumulate more wealth or process challenging emotions, this aspect invites you to make the appropriate adjustments. For wealth accumulation, see my Law of Attraction post. For shadow work, check out my Healing Invocation. That Law of Attraction post is easy to get to. Go to the search box on astroshama.com, upper right corner, type Law of Attraction Made Simple. On Monday, June 4th, the primary meaning of today's Venus-Juno-Pluto T-square is clear. Transformation in your relationships, especially committed partnerships. Cancerian Venus represents heartfelt connections. Juno stands for committed partnerships. Pluto empowers that which serves your highest good and invites you to release or transform anything that doesn't. This challenging aspect pattern started on May 29th, peaks today on June 4th, and ends on June 14th. While it's in effect, pay attention to your important relationships, which ones are wonderful and ready for deeper honesty, authenticity, and connection. Conversely, are there any that are hopelessly toxic or negative where you'd be wise to minimize contact or bow out? This T-square also offers you the opportunity to transform your artistic expression through intensive collaboration. Imagine your joy as the unique synergy between you and your co-creator gives birth to new creations which neither of you could have manifested on your own. On Tuesday, June 5th, learning and communication are powerfully amplified by a Sun-Mercury conjunction in Gemini at 15 Gemini. Also on Tuesday, June 5th, today's Venus-Pluto opposition, Venus 21 Cancer, Pluto 21 Capricorn, is part of that T-square with Venus, Juno, and Pluto that peaked yesterday and continues through June 14th. To understand this aspect in its larger context, remember back to what I said about that T-square. On Wednesday, June 6th and Thursday, June 7th, Neptune receives back-to-back -back squares from personal planets on consecutive days, a Mercury-Neptune square on June 6th and a Sun-Neptune square on June 7th. The coordinates for both aspects are 16 degrees Gemini to 16 degrees Pisces. For some, these aspects could generate mental confusion. They could also create a rose-colored glasses effect where someone only sees what they want to see. But these aspects can also manifest in more life-affirming ways. 
that can help you receive more divine inspiration, which you can experience as a waterfall of energy and information flowing down to support you. You can also enjoy extra juju for spiritual awakening. Finally, you can consciously harness Neptune to visualize what you desire. Quote, I had been feeling very frustrated and short-tempered, but since the last Ease shamanic healing session, I feel much more at peace and so much calmer. The rage was very intense, but I truly feel now it has been transmuted. Thank you for all you do to help us all. Many blessings, Chelsea. And Carrie says, One of your Ease sessions gave me by far the most powerful experience I've ever had. I feel perfectly content. Whatever this is about, I feel peaceful for the first time in a very long while. And Rhonda says, Thank you for the last Ease call. It really put me in a great space and feeling wonderfully alive and connected. Thanks for the support and holding this wonderful space for us. Ease, the Embodied Awakening Support Experience, offers you free weekly events via phone or web. The online recording library, over 140 MP3s and counting, lets you experience the life-transforming power of Ease anytime. To learn more, go to astroshaman.com, click Services on the menu bar, and choose the third service down, Ease, the Embodied Awakening Support Experience. On Friday, June 8th, everything represented by Pallas Athena, feminine assertiveness, strategy, and practical creativity, is powerfully and harmoniously amplified by a kite with Pallas, Jupiter, Neptune, and Pluto. It begins today on June 8th, peaks on the 16th, and ends on the 30th. Pallas, the focal point of this flowing aspect pattern, also uplevels the energy of the Grand Trine with Venus, Jupiter, and Neptune that underpins this kite, and I interpreted that Grand Trine back on the June 1st forecast section. Also, on Friday, June 8th, intuitive flashes on how to best serve a higher cause can come easily as Uranus trines Vesta, Uranus 1 Taurus, Vesta 1 Capricorn. This aspect can also create harmonious support for sex magic, using sexual energy to empower any kind of law of attraction manifestation. This aspect remains in orb through July 23rd. On Sunday, June 10th, Expect a status check on your committed partnerships as Pluto squares Juno, Pluto 21 Capricorn, Juno 21 Aries. You can enjoy an even deeper level of soul connection in relationships where harmony already prevails. In sexually intimate committed partnerships, you can begin practicing soul-blended sacred sex or take your tantric ecstasy to the next level. The square will catalyze challenge in many committed partnerships. This is a wonderful healing opportunity, and if skillfully managed, can permanently peel a layer of heavy energy from the relationship. If things get intense, a communication process, such as nonviolent communication, and my healing invocation for self-directed healing work may prove helpful. This square with Pluto and Juno is in orb through July 1st. Nonviolent communication is a book that you can score on Amazon by Marshall Rosenberg. On Tuesday, June 12th, the stage is set for breakthroughs in your creativity and relationships thanks to a Venus-Mars-Uranus T-square. This aspect pattern begins today on June 12th, peaks on the 17th, and ends on the 23rd. These quantum leaps may begin as challenges to the existing order, which, handled with good mindfulness and strategy, can help you take things to the next level. The bigger the challenge, the bigger the potential breakthrough. On Wednesday, June 13th, a new moon lines up at 3.43 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. 
That's at 22 degrees, 44 minutes, Gemini. Any Gemini new moon is great for new beginnings in learning, communication, and playfulness. It also supports variety and playing the trickster. Aspects. A potential challenge of Gemini is that it can be scattered and lack a specific focus. This pretty well sums up the seven planets aspecting this new moon. There's a lot of variety, but no central theme. Two personal planets aspect this new moon. Cancerian Mercury makes a loose conjunction to the luminaries, adding some heart-centered energy to Gemini's intellectual prowess. The most exact aspect is a tight sesquare, 135 degrees, from Aquarian Mars. This energizes boldness and innovation in your new initiatives. Two outer planets are in the mix as well. A Pluto quincunx offers wealth and power when you adjust or release whatever's out of alignment. A Neptune square could bring confusion, but could also support inspired creativity, creative visualization, and spiritual awakening. Finally, three asteroid goddesses are in the mix. A tight sextile from Juno can harmoniously energize committed partnerships. A series sextile can energize abundance and ease shadow work. And a loose Vesta opposition can energize service to a higher cause. This new moon Sabian symbol is three fledglings in a nest high up in a tree. A fledgling is a young bird that has just grown the feathers it needs to fly. The fledglings in this image are still in the nest, but not for long. Fledglings are more often found outside the nest on the ground. Under the watchful eye of a parent, they'll be flitting and fluttering about as they learn to fly. In what area of life are you a fledgling? Is there something it's now time for you to do, but you're resisting it because your initial efforts might be clumsy or awkward? For me, this image has special resonance. I twice started writing novels, but abandoned both of them as unfinished manuscripts. I'm now early in the first draft of a third book and am determined that this one will be published. For me, the three fledglings represent the first two failed attempts, along with this third chance to succeed. Do you also have some goal you've fallen short of in the past, but which you now might be able to achieve? If so, is now the time to test your wings? Also, on Wednesday, June 13th, it's easier for you to receive brilliant ideas and intuitive flashes with Mercury, human mind, sextile Uranus, divine mind. Mercury is at one Cancer, Uranus is at one Taurus. Quote, Benjamin picked up on what was going on in my life. The focus of the session was insightful and gave me direction and renewed energy. Benjamin is intuitive and energetic and hit all the points where I was looking for answers. His knowledge is expressed with ease and humor, and I found myself wishing there was more time. Highly recommend this to anyone looking for answers to best project yourself through the coming year. That's a testimonial from Teresa M. from April 29th. That was a five-star review. And this other one is from Ariel Derrick from April 30th, also a five-star review. Ariel wrote, this is the second time I've had Benjamin give me a reading. Both times I got the extra bit of personal healing I needed, including the spirit side is amazing, and he's able to read the planets really well. I needed Benjamin's guidance desperately those two times that I contacted him, and both times he went above and beyond what any therapist could do. He helped me a lot. That's the simple way of saying it. Definitely recommend The Money is Nothing. The Information is Priceless. You can check out my 188 five-star reviews. Just go to astroshaman.com and click one of the Book Now buttons on the sidebar. And uh, there's a little tab you can click to see all the reviews. All my services are equally effective in person, by phone, or by Skype. And my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that it was helpful, it's free. You can learn about my services by going to the services word on the menu bar.
On Thursday, June 14th, today's Venus-Uranus square, Venus, one Leo, Uranus, one Taurus, is part of the T-square with Venus, Mars, and Uranus that started on June 12th. Please see that interpretation to understand this square in its larger context. On Friday, June 15th, are you ready to share your wisdom with the world? A Sun-Jupiter-Chiron-Thor's hammer can help you. The Sun's in Gemini, the sign of the teacher. Chiron is the mentor, energized in fiery Aries. These two back-end planets energize Scorpionic Jupiter, the guru, professor, or philosopher, in the sign of transformation. This Thor's hammer with Sun, Chiron, and Jupiter begins today on June 15th, peaks on the 19th, and ends on the 25th. Also on Friday, June 15th, relationship healing and creative mentoring are smoothly supported by a Venus-Chiron trine. Venus to Leo, Chiron to Aries. And finally, on Friday, June 15th, others may try to control or influence your thoughts and self-expression as Mercury opposes Saturn. Mercury, 7 Cancer, Saturn, 7 Capricorn. With Mercury and Cancer, family members may be involved. Are you going to let others tell you what you can think and say? Or is it time to stand as your own authority and speak from your heart? Whatever your sun sign, my forecasts can help you make the best use of the current astrological energies. All dates and times are in the U.S. Eastern Time Zone. Events are most powerful on the dates listed, but their influence will be active for at least a week before and after. Everyone's affected by these global transits. However, you'll be most powerfully impacted when moving planets activate sensitive points in your natal chart. Discover how these transits will personally affect you by booking a session with me at astroshaman.com. Looking ahead to our podcast for the second half of June, we'll be looking at two planets going retrograde, Mars and Neptune. The Mars retrograde is a big deal. The Sun will enter Cancer, and that, of course, will be the summer solstice, and I'll be talking about the uh, seasonal chart for that. We'll also have a Capricorn full moon. In addition, Pallas will receive aspects from two outer planets, a trine from Neptune and an opposition from Pluto, four existing aspect patterns peak, and there's nine, 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 New aspect patterns. Whoa. We're going to have a lot to talk about. I hope you'll join me to learn the best use of this especially active astrological sky. You can hear my forecast on This Week in Astrology, but would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it conveniently pop into your inbox? And while we're at it, how about occasional bonus articles on astrology, along with simple, powerful healing and awakening techniques? That's what you get with AstroShaman's free email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form at the top of the sidebar. And if you like calculating your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? AstroShaman is an authorized dealer for SolarFire Gold, which also runs on Macs running Windows and recent Windows tablets. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose Solar Fire Software from the drop-down menu. A free forecast newsletter and the best available price on Solar Fire Gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. In this section, we have some feedback from a listener and a few announcements. First, I'd like to thank those who sent in their charts in the last month, including Annie, Rachel, Katie, and Gina. You all are now eligible to have your chart interpreted on the podcast, as well as a chance to win a free session every month. 
Here's an email I got from Sarah. Sarah wrote, Hi, Benjamin. I hope all's well. This morning, I re-listened to the listener chart you did for me back in March of 2016. That was back in episode 441. As I mentioned when I emailed you back in early 2016, I had just switched careers. I felt very compelled to send you an update. You mentioned that Jupiter would be transiting my 10th house all throughout 2017, and that if I was on the right path, there would be good fortune, intuitive flashes, and that I would serve others. That was so incredibly accurate. As I might have mentioned, I'm a pediatric speech therapist, and I work with a lot of neurodiverse children, most specifically children on the spectrum. I rely heavily on my intuition in therapy, and I hear from a number of supervisors and other therapists that I get results that nobody else can. Kids who will typically cry and scream in therapy seem to be very comfortable around me. I can't really put into words what I do. I also recently got a new job, and the pay change has been life-changing for me. You mentioned the years of shadow work that I have to do with a Pluto square to my stellium. I feel like this career is stirring up a lot of my childhood pain around being the weirdo kid with ADHD. I'm really working hard to validate these kids and let them know it's okay to be eccentric. I try to give them advice as somebody who lived it. I'm also taking your advice and actively doing shadow work. Your reading has been personally very validating for me. It feels good to know I'm on the right path. Thank you. Kind regards, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. It's pretty rare that I get a follow-up from a person I do a part one chart for, and it's nice to hear what's happening and how the predictions have actually played out. Here's an announcement. If you've ever felt stuck or overwhelmed due to feeling things so intensely, here's a helpful resource. In today's fast-paced world, honoring your sensitivity can feel like a lonely road, but there are many other people on this path. That's why I was thrilled when my colleague Karen Kalenovich asked me to be a speaker on The Integrated Empath, How to Honor Your Sensitivity, Own Your Power, and Activate Your Abundance. I'll be speaking alongside fellow highly influential empaths who will teach you how to confidently step into your power. I'm honored to be presenting Embodied Awakening for Empaths on June 13th as part of this transformational series. From energy management to finding your soul's purpose, this series will cover the gamut of issues many empaths are facing. You'll get practical tips and inspiring stories that will ignite your own extraordinary potential. These interviews are candid conversations with best-selling authors, business strategists, healers, doctors, coaches, and educators who've integrated their unique gifts and helped thousands of people. You'll learn how to recognize energy overwhelm before it causes burnout or health issues, success strategies to honor and integrate your sensitivity in the real world, how to optimize your empathic abilities to fulfill your soul's purpose, tools to make choices that best support your sensitive nature in a variety of situations, and how to use your powerful energy to manifest the life you want. Each interview in this series will only be available for a limited time, so register now and discover the secrets to successfully honor and integrate your sensitivity in the real world. I'm also part of another telesummit. I'll tell you about that here. Would you like help and guidance in embodying your divine uniqueness so you can connect more easily with your own source of love, clarity, peace, and abundance? Well, synchronicity is winking at you. I believe you're hearing my message right now because of perfect divine timing. Why? My twin flame, Makisala, and I are going to be sharing about Next Level Love, How to Thrive in a Spiritually Conscious Relationship Without Rules on the Your Divine Uniqueness Telesummit. We're thriving in a relationship container based on absolute freedom. During this call, you'll 
learn how to flow in conscious partnership with your beloved, directed by inner wisdom instead of ego-based rules, learn how the service to other path of unrestricted free will represents the next step in conscious human relating, learn how to skillfully face and clear the challenging emotions catalyzed by your partner, and learn how to achieve and maintain embodied awakening, the state of consciousness that makes relating without rules so much easier. You have the opportunity to experience all this live. During the call, we'll do guided group meditations to help you move closer to the state of consciousness that makes relating without rules so much easier. We'll also take questions from individual callers on how to thrive in a rule-free relationship. That's going to be Thursday, June 14th, 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 11 a.m. Pacific. When you join Your Divine Uniqueness for free, you'll instantly receive a free welcome gift bundle of growth-supporting goodness. Get growing right away with powerful processes from transformational masters who lovingly offer you these gifts. You'll also get in the flow for more growth opportunities with a wonderful gathering of spiritual luminaries who've helped thousands of people with personal empowerment and conscious living. Again, join me on Your Divine Uniqueness on Thursday, June 14th, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 Pacific, and awaken more fully to the source of peace, love, joy, and abundance that you already are. If you're in the Asheville, North Carolina area, we do a shamanic awakening meetup every third Tuesday. More information on that is in the practical spirituality section of astroshaman.com. We always give away a free session in the first podcast of the month. This time it's Jennifer. This is the Jennifer born on September 10, 1963 in Drumheller, Canada. So if that's you, Jennifer, pop me an email, info at astroshaman.com, and we will get your free reading set up. And that's the end of this email and announcement section. Our special feature this week is a celebrity chart for Roseanne Barr, the famous comedian and actress. And her chart is November 3rd, 1952, 1.21 p.m. Salt Lake City, Utah. I prepared a lot of charts for this, and they're all available at thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com under the show for June 1 to 15, 2018, uh, episode 471. Um, in the index where I have her name, Roseanne Barr, you'll see that it's linked, and the link will take you to a PDF where I scanned in all of the chart prep that I did. Just in case you're under a rock somewhere and haven't heard, um, I'm recording this on June 1st, and three days ago, on May 29th, her hugely popular revival of her Roseanne sitcom was canceled because she put out a horribly racist tweet and within hours, two members of the show had quit. And then later that day, the president of ABC, her network, canceled the show, saying that basically he just couldn't tolerate the racism of the tweet. So Roseanne's very much in the news, and I thought I would look at her chart um, from several levels. One, let's just look at the natal chart itself and see how it supports what she did and what she became famous for. We'll then look at two movement systems uh, or rather two moments in time with multiple movement systems. We're going to look at the the premiere date of her original Roseanne TV series, which is what she's best known for. And the movements of that, I'm going to look at three movement systems for each event, transit, secondary progressions, and solar arcs, uh, were just phenomenal for the premiere of Roseanne, the series. And then we're going to look at the transits for three days ago when she tweeted and got her show canceled. So it's all some very fascinating astrology. So uh, I'll just make a call, but I've never even watched an episode of Roseanne. I know what she looks like, but I've never watched any of her content. 
So um, what I know, I know from the news and from Wikipedia here. So, but the astrology should hold true just the same. So let's start with the first sentence of her current Wikipedia bio as of June 1st, 2018. It says, Roseanne Sherry Barr is an American actress, comedian, writer, and television producer. So let's stop there and look at the natal evidence. So actor and producer are both going to be similar astrological signatures. They're both show business. Um, they're both going to relate very heavily to, for example, the planet Neptune and the 12th house and the sign Pisces. I use a, a concept that is used by many astrologers called the astrology alphabet. And it says there's a planet, a sign, and a house that pretty much mean the same thing. So um, she doesn't have anything significant in Pisces. Pallas Athena, the asteroid goddess, is there, which is of some significance for her, but it's not what we're going to focus on here. Twelfth house, she has Mars. Uh, that's significant because her midheaven is Scorpio, 10th house cusp. And Scorpio has two ruling planets. The ancient ruler is Mars. The modern ruler is Pluto. So anything to do with Mars or Pluto natally is going to have a career relationship. Twelfth house among its meanings is the house of show business. It's the house of glamour, TV, movies, you know, anything that has to do with the realm of the imagination and creativity. That's twelfth house stuff. So a, a career ruler, Mars, is in there. Um, so right away that says career might be somehow related to show business. Mars is also in Capricorn, which is the sign of business. So even to have Capricorn on the 12th house cusp might be a show business uh, setup. But uh, really the main juice is the Neptune aspect. She has a lot of Neptune aspects. Let's run them through. Um, and I'll kind of take them in order of the aspect grid, and then I'll emphasize the ones that feel most important. Neptune, sesquare the moon. The sesquare is 135 degrees. Moon, in a famous person's chart, is the public. So to have the planet of showbiz uh, aspecting the moon is some indication of fame. Then we get into a much meatier one. And this is all natal, by the way, natal horoscope. We have Neptune square Mars, the planet of show business, square one of her midheaven rulers. That has a lot of juice. Um, Neptune is tightly conjunct Saturn um, in Libra. This is a quite strong signature. Now we get to her ascendant rulers. She has Aquarius rising, uh, which is one reason she's such a unique and unusual personality. And uh, Aquarius, like Scorpio, the Midheaven ruler, has two ruling planets. The ancient ruler is Saturn. The modern ruler is Uranus. So we have Neptune, the planet of show business, by the way, in Libra, the sign of the artist and the creative person, uh, conjoining Saturn. Saturn's also in Libra, indicating her business might have something to do with creativity. Uh, and Saturn is her chart ruler, which gives a special emphasis, almost about as much emphasis as the sun, some would say. Um, but here we have the, the natural ruler of business, Saturn, conjunct the natural ruler of show business, Neptune, in the sign of Libra, both of them, which is creativity. And uh, in my house system, Porphyry, I've got Neptune early in the ninth. Saturn is very late in the eighth, leaning into the ninth. And ninth house is the house of publication and uh, being famous. So that has some resonance, too. So that Saturn-Neptune conjunction is uh, a strong indicator of a show business career actor, producer, that sort of thing. Uh, then we have Neptune square Uranus. This says something about the unique nature of her entertainment. You know, she uh, 
was well known for playing a working class woman. It was the first sitcom, Roseanne, to portray a working class family in this way with a very strong dominant female character and uh, to show the gritty realities of working class life. So it was revolutionary and groundbreaking in that way and that's how Uranus comes into the play there. So there is Uranus squaring Neptune, the creativity is original, uh, outside the box. And then we've got um, Neptune sextile Pluto. Now this is popularly referred to as the 100 year sextile. A vast number of people alive now have Neptune Pluto sextile because that sextile has went on for decades and decades and decades. So um, that's not unusual that she would have that in her chart. But in this context, both planets carry a meaning that doesn't apply to most people. Neptune, again, we're talking show business. Pluto is her modern midheaven ruler. So here's the modern midheaven ruler uh, making a sextile, a strong flowing aspect to the planet of showbiz. Uh, another strong uh, indicator of someone who might have a living in the entertainment business. We could even say it's her destiny because Neptune trines her north node, the destiny point. There's Neptune trying that destiny point. Again, north node's in Aquarius, uh, indicating her destiny is to be unusual, possibly even shocking, outrageous, uh, controversial. Those are all some possible Uranus keywords, and she has been all of those. Um, so those are the indicators I saw that covered actress and television producer. But uh, comedian and writer, um, those actually share common uh, planets. Uh, Ryder is most obviously represented by Mercury, and uh, so is Comedian. Uh, uh, there are, every, every planet has a form of wit, but the two planets that are most commonly associated with comedy are Mercury and Sagittarius. Mercury is mental humor, quick-witted puns and wordplay and that sort of humor, and Jupiter is more like the big belly laugh, um, physical comedy, and and, and humor that relies on more obvious things that don't have to be figured out if you want to broadly interpret them. So when we look at her Mercury aspects in her third house, that's going to relate both to writer and to comedian. So um, for starters, her Mercury is very prominent. It's conjunct the midheaven in the 10th house. So whether you want to think uh, com comedian or writer, there it is in Sagittarius. Uh, large, expansive, larger than life. Now, if you want to go old school astrology, oh, it's uh, it's in its um, detriment. It's in the sign opposite a sign it rules, therefore it's weak. Well, not in her case. Um, her self-expression is very strong and became very famous. One could say that it, it was weak in that she couldn't uh, stop from saying inappropriate things that would ultimately sabotage her. I guess you could make that case, but there's no question her Mercury has proved very powerful despite being in the sign of its classical um, detriment and uh, the fact that it's you know in the 10th house conjunct the midheaven very prominently placed seems to have more than made up for any shortcomings of being in Sagittarius. And again when I do natal work I really don't take those old school sort of thoughts into mind. I just say here's a planet, here's a sign, how can they creatively combine? So very strong Mercury supporting um, comedian and writer. Furthermore, Mercury makes a semi-square 45 degrees to Mars. Again, we talked about that. Mars is a midheaven ruler. It's in the 12th house of showbiz. Um, 
that's obviously uh, supporting a career in that direction. Mercury also opposes her moon, um, which is, by the way, in Gemini. This, uh, Gemini and Mercury are pretty much synonyms, writer, communicator, comedian. So, uh, and again, as I said earlier, the moon has a resonance of fame in a famous person's chart. So Mercury aspect of the moon strongly is resonant for that. Uh, Mercury also um, makes a semi-square to Saturn. Uh, again, Saturn is the natural ruler of career for everybody, and it's her chart ruler anciently, so a lot of resonance there. Uh, Mercury also makes a sesquare, 135 degrees, to Uranus, uh, the other chart ruler. Now, now, why so many uh, of these connections with Saturn and Uranus? Because they square each other in the chart. So if a planet squares Saturn, it's going to probably aspect Uranus and vice versa. Also, that gives us some of, again, that controversial energy to have the planet of how she communicates strongly aspecting Uranus, outrageous, shocking, etc., um, is certainly resonant for that. Um, Mercury also sextiles her ascendant, um, wanting to come out and be seen. So that's a very public Mercury. Not only does it conjunct the midheaven, the point of reputation, it sextiles the ascendant where you make first contact with the world. I, I the metaphor I use for the Ascendant is a prow of the ship moving through the water. So a uh, very strong connection there. So plenty of Mercury juju, for sure. And again, that supports writer and comedian. And then her Jupiter. Um, Jupiter indirectly supports writer. It's the planet of publication, um, the philosopher, the professor, the guru, that kind of thing is the resonance of Jupiter. Um, and Jupiter, as I said, is big belly laughs. So what does Jupiter do? Well, it opposes her son, the core of who she is. Um, that's very strong. Uh, Jupiter also trines Mars, her midheaven ruler. It sextiles Uranus, her ascendant ruler. It squares Pluto, her other midheaven ruler besides Mars. It squares her nodes. Plenty of Jupiter juju. I'm not going to you know, go any more deep than that, but plenty of Jupiter energy for publication, for belly laughs, and Jupiter's inner third house of writing. Um, Jupiter in Taurus, a very consistent, reliable, uh, uh, expansive force in that house of communicating and writing. So uh, we have abundant natal confirmation, actress, comedian, writer, television producer. It's all there in the chart for sure. Now, I'm not going to uh, go blow by blow on the Wikipedia bio. I do want to mention, though, it says, for decades, Barr was noted for her activism on behalf of left-wing political causes. Those who have only become aware of her politics uh, the last few days might be shocked to know that you know, she was extraordinarily liberal until she became a fan of Donald Trump after his election. This uh, activism is, I think, fundamentally uh, supported by a Sun-Vesta conjunction. Um, they're apart by about eight degrees, both in the ninth house and Scorpio. Vesta is uh, service to a higher cause. And again, she was supporting causes that didn't directly benefit her. But there's her son in Scorpio speaking the truth the way she sees it in the ninth house of Publish It, uh, conjoining Vesta in the same sign and house. Uh, it's a pretty strong um, signature. Uh, Vesta, by the way, also sextiles her Mars, opposes her Jupiter. Uh, tightly trines her Uranus, is strongly squared by Pluto. So Vesta even squares her lunar nodes. So the sense of working for a higher cause being important to her is pretty 
strongly supported by Vesta and its many aspects. Um, I also see her sense of what's right and what's appropriate. Uh, Jupiter can be very much about that. What are my beliefs and morals and values? Again, she has a Sun-Jupiter opposition. Um, there's actually a grand cross that includes the Sun and Vesta at the top, the lunar nodes on the sides, and Jupiter at the bottom. Um, and that's a pretty potent setup for someone who not only has a strong passion for causes, but will speak up for them. Um, the setup doesn't really say whether it's liberal or conservative. It just means it's extreme. <laughs> so uh, the fact she's been able to take it both ways uh, shows the malleability of the, of the aspect. Um, I want to, uh, I'm not going to directly address her, her wealth, and she's made a ton of money. Uh, at one point, I, I remember reading in her bio that she was, I think, the second highest paid actress in TV uh, as Roseanne was getting into its later seasons. Um, and I saw a grand trine that's suggestive of uh, money. She has the grand trine with Neptune and Saturn at the top, Ceres on one corner, and the North Node and Juno on another corner. Um, and I took this to mean Ceres is money or wealth. Uh, Neptune and Saturn are, I can use Law of Attraction. Neptune and Saturn together are a fantastic Law of Attraction setup. I visualize it, I imagine it, it comes true. And that's enabled her to do that through visualizing. And the North Node in Aquarius, I follow my unique destiny and the money comes. Also, Juno is committed partnership and also partnering with the right people um, was supportive of that income. So that, um, just as a side note, was interesting on how the money came. So let's now move along to the transits. Um, I will get to the controversy, I promise, but I wanted to first just look at the Roseanne original series chart as it comes onto the air. Let me just read you a uh, little bit from the Wikipedia entry on the show. It's just four paragraphs. It'll be pretty quick. Roseanne is an American television sitcom that was originally broadcast by ABC from 1988 to 1997 and revived for one season in 2018. Lauded for its realistic portrayal of a working-class American family, the series stars Roseanne Barr and revolves around the Connors and the Illinois working-class family. The series reached number one in the Nielsen ratings, becoming the most watched television show in the United States from 1989 to 1990. The series remained in the top four for six of its nine seasons and in the top 20 for eight seasons. In 1993, the episode A Stash from the Past was ranked number 21 on TV Guide's 100 Greatest Episodes of All Time. In 2002, Roseanne was ranked number 35 on TV Guide's 50 Greatest TV Shows of All Time. In 2013, it was ranked number 32 on TV Guide's 60 Best Series of All Time. Um, and then it gets into the reboot, and I'll, I won't read that just yet. So, wow. Uh, it would not surprise me if Roseanne had consulted an astrologer regarding the initial air date of the original first season of Roseanne. Uh, this is a chart for October 18, 1988, when the series first aired. Uh, for starters... Oh my God, transiting Pluto conjunct her sun. I mean, a transit Pluto on the sun, all things being equal, is the most powerful transit a person could ever have. Pluto can be wealth and power. It's in the ninth house of publication. She was publishing a TV show, okay? Back when astrology was formulating its terms, there was no you know, TV or movies or moving images. 
Uh, they assumed a publication was a book or a pamphlet, but you can just as easily publish a TV show as anything. So powerful, huge energy of publication. Um, Pluto on a Scorpio sun, great wealth, great power, all of that came to her because of the show. That is the most uh, upfront and powerful transit of them all in this series initiation chart. So if you're going to start something and make it a success, if you got Pluto on your sun, not a bad time to do it. <laughs> Now, Pluto only comes around every 250 years, so most people will never even have this transit. But if you do have it coming at any point, mark that and say this is the time when you can march into greatest potential success. Um, next, uh, Neptune, the showbiz planet, was doing some stuff. Uh, transit Neptune was on Chiron at the premiere. Now, Chiron itself doesn't have a lot of showbiz resonance but it is in the 11th house of a performer's audience. So here's the showbiz planet on an 11th house planet. The audience is being reached. Um, Neptune by transit is also sesquare Pluto, which as we remember is one of her midheaven rulers and also a wealth planet. This is natal Pluto I'm talking about, so that was in the air. One fascinating thing that's very relevant in this series premiere chart, October 18, 1988, the transiting planets Uranus and Saturn are almost exactly conjunct. They are one minute apart. Uranus is at 27 degrees 49 minutes Sagittarius. Saturn's at 27 degrees 50 minutes. It just passed Uranus. It may have even been conjunct that very day. <laughs> so stunningly tight. And as we'll recall, she has Aquarius rising. That means both these planets are her chart rulers. She has both chart rulers conjunct in the sky. Uh, to have that as slow planets, this is absolutely a once-in-a-lifetime. And, of course, they're making important aspects. They are both making a semi-square to her sun, which is also getting the Pluto conjunction. Oh, my God. Will her sun ever be so powerfully hit again? Probably not. Okay. Um, and they both, Uranus and Saturn by transit, are in her 11th house, stimulated yet again, the house of the performer's audience. And... Um, that also, they're also sesquare Pluto. How about that? So they are aspecting her modern midheaven ruler. So that's pretty amazing to have this extraordinarily rare Saturn-Uranus conjunction in the sky, uh, aspecting her sun in the ninth, aspecting her modern midheaven ruler, uh, showing her at her 11th house. That's a stunning setup for the series premiere. And then there were some quicker planets, too. Uh, transit Jupiter on her moon within three minutes. Again, the moon is the public. Um, and this turned into a really steady gig for her. She had a lot of seasons of the show. It's so moon also happens to rule her sixth house of daily work. So a little subtle touch on that. Jupiter um, had already opposed her midheaven a few months before. It will be retrograding back toward the midheaven again. So there's Jupiter opposing the midheaven, also opposing Mercury in real time right then within three degrees. So there's Mercury, we talked about that earlier, communication, visibility, comedy, uh, high visibility uh, with your communications, Jupiter opposing that. Um, Jupiter also sesquare Saturn, the ancient uh, chart ruler, and Neptune. And uh, uh, even on quicker planets, when you're looking at an event chart, the quicker planets are considered. Transiting Venus, squaring her own natal position. I haven't talked about Venus yet, but Venus, along with Mercury, it's the other 10th house planet. So Venus in the 10th, another indicator of a creative career. Uh, Venus squaring her own natal position and squaring Ceres natally, a planet of wealth. 
and uh, the transiting moon in the 12th house of showbiz. So the transits of the show premiere chart are pretty compelling. But that's not all. Progressed secondary progressions, the planets that move a year for a day. Uh, if you don't already know the difference in speed, however far a transiting planet moves in a day, its progressed version moves a year in that time. Her progressions, the progressed sun sextile the north node. Here's a revolving sense of identity aligning with what she's here to do karmically. Uh, her progressed Mercury, which we saw such an important planet, stationing by progression. About to, sh uh, I can't tell you, I didn't go this deeply. It's either just shifted or is about to shift direction. Uh, in my experience, it doesn't matter whether the planet's shifting forward or backward. If a progressed planet is changing direction, then it's a big deal and that planet becomes really highlighted. Progress Mercury is conjunct the midheaven at this point. Uh, progress Venus, the planet of the artist, is tightly sextile the midheaven as well. That's both money and creativity. And Progress Mars, a midheaven ruler, is on top of Juno uh, within four minutes. Uh, very tight. Again, this is going back to her skill in aligning with uh, committed partnerships that served her career. So some very juicy secondary progressions on the show premiere date. And finally, solar arcs. Huh. Uh, this stuff just gets amazing here. Solar arc Neptune, the showbiz planet, conjunct the midheaven within seven minutes. There, That speaks for itself, doesn't it? Not only that, um, solar arc Venus, the planet of the artist, square Neptune natally, and square Saturn. Both of them, again, chart rulers. Here is the creativity, the money, uh, strongly uh, aspecting the planets that rule her chart. Um, the two midheaven rulers in alignment, solar arc Mars, opposing natal Pluto. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. Solar arc Mars, trine Neptune, solar arc Jupiter, sextile Pluto. Uh, this just... You can't make this stuff up. Solar arc Jupiter trine Neptune. Solar arc Jupiter sesquare the Ascendant. I've already given you what all those planets mean. Uh, is that a perfect storm of success transits or what? Now let's look at the chart for May 29, 2018, three days ago as I record this. And we'll see how certain aspects can cut both ways. Back to the Wikipedia bio on Roseanne, the third and fourth paragraphs. On May 16, 2017, ABC announced that it had greenlit a revived 10th season of Roseanne as a mid-season replacement in 2018, with the original cast returning. In November 2017, ABC ordered an additional episode, bringing the total up to nine. It premiered on March 27, 2018, to an additional audience of 18.44 million, which grew to over 27 million total viewers following seven days of delayed viewing. On March 30, 2018, following the success of its premiere, Roseanne was renewed for an 11th season of 13 episodes. ABC reversed the renewal and canceled Roseanne on May 29, 2018, after Barr made racist comments on Twitter in which she likened former Obama administration official Valerie Jarrett to an ape that were described by the network's president as being, quote, abhorrent, repugnant, and inconsistent with our values, end quote. So let's look at what was going on on this fateful day. And, uh... I see here that, yes, I do have the dates right, May 29. So, um, transit Pluto at this moment is squaring her natal Saturn and Neptune. And uh, Pluto I've spoken of so far in terms of wealth and power. 
And since Pluto takes four years to complete anything it's doing, um, Pluto was also squaring Saturn and Neptune when the series was rebooted and was so wildly successful. Uh, I seem to recall reading that it was ABC's like number one show and was at the height of their promotion for the upcoming season. So initially, wealth and power, yay. But then Roseanne speaks as she should not. Again, that natal Mercury uh, in Sagittarius, which can speak too much. And with Mercury perhaps in its, um, you know, in a sign in which it's weak, maybe not as restrained as it should be. Um, the Wikipedia reports that there have been several points during Roseanne's career when she's put her foot in her mouth and had to retract what she said. Um, so here's Pluto square, the, the natural ruler of career, her chart ruler, and the planet of showbiz. They say, okay, I'm not only going to give you wealth and power, I can take it away. Pluto is one extreme or the other, great wealth or great poverty. So all of a sudden, Pluto takes away all that it's given uh, in this one moment. By the way, Neptune, I've referred to so far as just a showbiz planet, it is also the modern ruler of her second house, the house of income from earned effort, or earned income from effort. So it has that additional resonance here as well. Pluto at this point had recently conjoined Mars and will retrograde back to still be within the three degree orbit power. So Pluto has been on top of the, let's put it this way, the modern Midheaven ruler has been on top of the ancient Midheaven ruler, career themes. So that's been very powerful. Again, great rise, great fall, both. And Pluto has also been opposing Uranus. Um, Uranus is, is the most unpredictable and shocking and surprising of planets. Um, as I said earlier in the natal section, it has something to do with her, you know, nature to shock and, you know, cause controversy. Here, the shock was the loss of the series. And of course, Uranus is her modern chart ruler with Aquarius rising. So Pluto dramatically affecting, you know, how she goes out to the world. So those are the Pluto transits. Uh, Neptune transits. Uh, Neptune at, at this moment, uh, May 29, 2018, is squaring Venus. And Venus is money. Venus is her artistry. It's in the 10th house. So Neptune squaring a 10th house planet relates to career. Um, so far, I've interpreted Neptune in terms of you know, showbiz um, and creativity, but Neptune's also loss. Neptune dissolves what does not serve you and it spiritualizes what does. So here's the loss of career with the Neptune square. Neptune also squaring Ceres, the planet of wealth. And, and also Ceres has another meaning I haven't really got into yet, which is sorrow and release and return. Uh, one of the most potent release and return moments I've seen here. She, uh, she returned to the show, and now she had to release it again as Neptune squared her series. Release and return has to do with the myth of Demeter and Persephone. Uh, Demeter, also known as Ceres uh, in modern astrology, has to release and return her daughter every year down to Pluto to the underworld and then get her back, uh, if you know the myth. Neptune is also sextile Jupiter um, in her third house. And uh, here's a subtle thing. It's uh, maybe too subtle, but uh, both of her 10th house career planets are in Sagittarius. Jupiter rules Sagittarius. So Neptune's sextile to Jupiter can indirectly affect the planets in the 10th house. Subtle level, but it can operate. Uh, Neptune is also very tightly sextile her Mars, her ancient midheaven ruler. Uh, we already know what that means. 
And Neptune's also quincunx her north node, or her south node, actually. So here's old karma coming back to root, her old karma of racism and, you know, being insensitive to people, uh, finally having a really significant negative consequence. Going down the line to the next outer planet, Uranus, by transit, is quincunx her midheaven. Here's a shock relating to career, a surprise reversal. Uranus also uh, just beginning to quincunx her Mercury in the 10th house, similar meaning. And Uranus also semi-square her series, again, uh, sorrow from the shock of the cancellation, and also obviously a lot less money coming her way. So Ceres as the harvest grain goddess is, is you know, being challenged by Uranus here too. And not only that, Uranus is sesquare 135 degrees, her Venus in the 10th. So again, that affects money, it affects artistry, it affects her career. So a lot of things going on there too. Um, let's see what else is, I'm not, I don't want to belabor, every, I, I'm sensing a certain amount of uh, movement fatigue from some of you already psychically here, so let me just try to stick with the important things. Chiron by transit, trining the midheaven and Mercury. Chiron is the wounded healer. You know, soft aspects aren't necessarily good. Hard aspects aren't necessarily bad. This is wounding flowing to career, you might say. Um, and Chiron also making minor hard aspects to her lunar nodes. There's wounding that's, you know, soul-related. Perhaps in her soul growth, this uh, shocking setback will help her grow a little bit and be more sensitive to people and stop making racist you know, insensitive comments. If, if she gets that soul growth level, that might be good for her long-term as an evolving soul. Uh, if you've never read the book, Journey of Souls or Destiny of Souls, uh, both are amazing books that describe life between lives. And this, this, uh, the author takes the, the subjects into deep hypnosis and goes back to, you know, takes them back to their prior lifetime's death and then what the soul does before it incarnates again. And it's an amazing, uh, fascinating process. And he doesn't report on one of them, getting applauded for making a bunch of money or having a lot of power. What they're applauded for is learning how to love and be compassionate and all those, you know, sweet heart values. So um, if this helps Roseanne in that way, maybe it'll be good for her evolving soul. Who knows? Back to the astrology. Transit Saturn is on Chiron. That can be a very uh, emotionally challenging setup. Um, and there's a few other small things, but I'm not going to belabor the transits any further. I think the message is super clear. But we got two other movement systems. Let's look at the most important movements in those. Secondary progressions. <laughs> Progress sun opposing Uranus. I think maybe that's a shock to the ego. Um, Progress Venus square Mercury. This is the only thing in any of the movement systems that's exact. Uh, Progress Venus three degrees, 20 minutes. Natal Mercury, 3 degrees, 20 minutes. Uh, progress Venus is Aquarius. Uh, natal Mercury is Sagittarius. So this, if it's exact, then it's really important. So here's Venus, her creativity, her money, uh, the square challenge for growth. It's affecting her career because it's a 10th house planet. It's her words. Again, that, uh, you might say, that debilitated Mercury, uh, debilitating her money, her artistry, etc. So that's where those are some of the ways that could play out. Progress Mars is um, sesquare her Saturn, the natural career ruler, um, sesquare her Neptune, her artistry, her 
ruler of her house of how you earn money through your own efforts. Uh, that's pretty clear. Uh, progress Jupiter is, um, now it's a very slow progress Jupiter, and for many years it's already been opposing her son, but there it is, amplifying whatever happens in the public eye. And uh, those, I think, are the main secondary progressions of interest on May 29, 2018. Solar arcs, uh, what do we got here? Solar arc series conjunct Pluto. Again, there's that planet of, you know, harvest on the planet of great wealth, and they came together and could be wealth, could be, you know, impoverishment. I mean, I don't think Roseanne is going to go broke. She's got a lot of money. But again, a significant drop in earnings because of the cancellation of the show. And again, psychic pain. Both the planets can do that. Uh, I mentioned in the forecast in the earlier part of this podcast, both these planets can be wealth and they can both be shadow work. And Pluto is the deep psyche, the unhealed wounds. Ceres is the same thing. So this, you know, could be a time of deep reflection if she does sincere shadow work around this. It could be a powerful growth catalyst for her. So uh, there's an opportunity she can ride through the solar arc if she wishes to. Solar arc Chiron square Venus. Uh, there's the wounded healer planet affecting her money. And I haven't mentioned this yet, but Venus is her fourth house ruler. That's one of the shadow work houses. So that's a clear shadow work transit. And... Um, Solar arc moon square sun. Uh, I'm going to interpret that. Here's the moon, the public, in a famous person's chart, square her ego. And a lot of people who were fans have turned against her um, or think less of her because of what's happened. So all very interesting. I also peeked at uh, her solar return chart that she's currently under, uh, the solar return for November 3rd, 2017, to Salt Lake City. Um, and uh, just a couple of quick notes on that. Um, a loaded 12th house. Um, so uh, Venus and Jupiter and the Sun and Vesta all there in the 12th house in the Porphyry house system. And uh, this was operative earlier in terms of the great success of her show and now it's operative. One of the old school interpretations of the 12th house is the house of undoing hidden forces coming up to you know, strike against you. In this case, uh, she struck herself. But the house of undoing uh, definitely has some resonance in this particular context. Uh, Jupiter in the solar return conjunct the sun opposing the moon indicates high visibility, uh, larger than life events. And shock, well, Uranus in the solar return strongly aspects her moon, Mercury, and Venus, mostly hard aspects, all hard aspects if you count a conjunction hard, and shock, surprise, etc. And uh, the other notable thing, Neptune trined the sun almost exactly in the solar return. So there's that flowing show business success, and there's the, the dissolution that flowed in too. So um, there for you is a highly technical look at Roseanne Barr, both her natal chart in terms of how did it support her you know, career uh, that she's done for so long, how did it support, how did the moving system support the initial uh, success of her series and how did uh, the events of just a few days ago support her downfall uh, of her series. So I hope this has been astrologically interesting to you and I appreciate you listening through this. Living a harmonious life can be difficult, especially these days when things are moving so fast. You'd think that those of us committed to personal and spiritual growth would have it easier, but sometimes it seems as if our lofty aspirations cause us to face even greater challenges. Fortunately, you have a map to guide you, your astrology chart. 
can reveal a wealth of information about your soul purpose, your optimal career, and your ideal romantic partner. Spirituality, timing, relocation, your chart when interpreted by an insightful, experienced astrologer can provide helpful insights into every area of life. And since the moving planets keep activating different parts of your chart, getting astrology updates at least once a year can help you keep focused on what's important now. But astrology is only the beginning here at Astro Shaman. We also offer shamanic healing, which can reduce or eliminate physical, emotional, and mental issues. Your shamanic healing session will also equip you with simple, powerful techniques you can use on your own to help you take your healing and spiritual awakening to the next level. We also offer other services to help improve your life, including awakening activation, electional astrology, mentoring, and more. All are equally effective in person or by phone or Skype. A digital recording of your session is included, and my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that your experience was helpful, it's free. To learn more, visit astroshaman.com. I love my work, and I look forward to helping you. We're wrapping up this edition of This Week in Astrology. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend or post or tweet about us or donate to support us at thisweekinastrology.com. You can link to my Facebook page where I post my forecasts from thisweekinastrology.com and astroshaman.com. You can listen to This Week in Astrology on your smartphone or tablet at stitcher.com. And if you're an iTunes listener, please do subscribe through iTunes and help us stay the number one astrology podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening again. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way. This Week in Astrology is copyright 2018 by Astro Shaman. All rights reserved, although enthusiastic sharing is encouraged. You can access our free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. This also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every month. I welcome your personal questions for my live listener consultation segments. I also welcome your general astrology questions and feedback. Just email info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of This Week in Astrology. Here's the index. The overview begins at 2 minutes 58 seconds. June 1st, 3 minutes 24 seconds. The 2nd, 847. The 3rd, 905. The 4th, 945. The 5th, 1047. The 6th and 7th, 1117. The 8th, 1315. The 10th, 1416. The 12th, 1514. The 13th, 1543. The 14th, 1951. The 15th, 2009. Next shows highlights, 2148. Email and announcements, 2330. And our special celebrity chart for Roseanne Barr, 2945. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.